Welcome to Beneath Your Beautiful, where guests share stories of adversity and perseverance, which inspire, encourage, and challenge us. We embrace these tough conversations, intimately exploring our loves, fears, and hopes with a delicious combination of depth and lightness. My name is Jessup. I am a content creator and now I guess technically an ultra athlete. I make YouTube videos. I've got quite a bit of experience doing different things, but usually it's around content of some sort. I also make music and I am a single dad. What is an ultra athlete? So an ultra athlete is somebody who completes like, in my case, an ultra marathon. I've done two now. They have ultramans, which are like a triathlon, but really, really long distances. So it's Mm. kind of endurance is really, really far distances, really. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been doing that? Not very long. I completed my first one last month and then completed my first 100-mile race two weeks ago. So, Oh, that's really recent. Yeah. (laughs) In 2013, I was hit by a snowmobile. And basically, like most of my life, I've kind of dealt with some medical issues. So when I was in high school... I was dealing with lots of back pain and then I have really severe degeneration in the discs in my spine, which is unusual for a child. And then I had like kidney stones when I was 16 and severe depression. Like my childhood, I dealt with a lot of medical issues. It was something that kind of defined my life. It's weird talking about it now because I don't feel like the same person, but it was truly just like something that kind of controlled my life. I was in and out of doctors and had multiple procedures. And then beginning in 2014, I was hit by a snowmobile. I had a tibial plateau fracture, tore two ligaments in one leg and a ligament in another leg. And at that time, I had been on like heavy amounts of painkillers from the age of 18 to like 25. I was on six, 10 milligram Vicodins every day. As, uh, you know, young adult. Mm -hmm. And as you could tell, that just like destroys life in so many different ways. I was on on those painkillers for my back and I had multiple procedures for pain, pain management and stuff like that. And then I was hit by the snowmobile and it put me in a wheelchair for several months. And it kind of, in a very strange way, it was probably a blessing in disguise because it felt like, At the time I had hit rock bottom, I was a single parent, single dad. I did have a girlfriend at the time, which she was incredible because I don't know what I would have done without her. And um, basically, like I felt like I hit rock bottom and there was a catalyst of kind of like a shift in my thinking. And I learned how to meditate and I stopped taking all of the painkillers that I was taking and just kind of started to take accountability for my own life. And I lost an insane amount of weight. It was like 70 something pounds, 70 to 80 pounds. I just started pushing myself and really having more self-accountability and it kind of transformed my life. So as crazy as it seems that, you know, would be a negative thing, it really was a catalyst to kind of turn my life around, which is also why I say like, I don't feel like I'm the same person because just my 
thought patterns and the things that I believe to be true are, are just not even hard to relate. So yeah, that happened. And, you know, I've continued every year to see a ton of growth since then. And I've started doing things that I didn't think I was gonna be able to do again. I started challenging myself. And one of the challenges I did in September, 2021, I set a goal to run a minimum of two miles every single day for a year. And the reason I did that was because I, I don't really like running. Mm-hmm. Even when I say I just did this race, like, it's just not something I, I really enjoy. And my thought was if I could build a discipline around something I don't enjoy, that would be really good for me and healthy and it would be good for my mindset. And so I set that goal and I don't know if I'd say I have fallen in love with it, but I get why a lot of people do run. You get a lot of endorphins released and then you have a lot of time to think and you get to process things. And so my friend, Will, who I grew up with, he was signing up for a hundred mile race. And so I was like, well, screw it. I'll sign up and try it with you. And I figured that'd make a great video. And so I signed up for this 100 mile race in McCall, Idaho. 10 days before the race started, I started to get a lot of back pain that I just kind of came out of nowhere. And I thought maybe I pulled a muscle because while we were training and getting ready, like we're, we're increasing our, the amount of miles, I was doing more. I was exerting more energy than I've ever exerted in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, We were doing like 85 mile weeks and just going back to back. I had started feeling really tired. And again, I just attributed it to this increase in training. The back pain got so bad, I ended up going to the ER in Coeur d'Alene and I wanted to make sure I didn't have like a herniated disc or something that was severe and I shouldn't attempt this race. They did a CT scan and and the doctor's like, well, there's no fractures. You should be okay. And boy, he was wrong. He said that I should be okay to at least attempt it. It might hurt, but there's no fractures and nothing immediate of concern. And so I attempted the race and my body was shutting down and I only made it 30.5 miles before I got cut. And then over the next two, three weeks, I was in and out of the hospital, in and out of the ER. And I saw multiple doctors and nobody was giving me any answers. And then I finally, they scheduled an MRI. And like an hour after I got the MRI, I got a phone call and they're like, we need you to immediately get back to the ER. We found something very concerning. And so your mind is racing at that point. Yeah. So when I got there, they said, I had what's called discitis vertebral osteomyelitis, which is a severe infection in the disc and vertebrae in my spine. And it can be fatal if not treated. I mean, it has like a 20% mortality rate and it's like a very, very serious infection. It had to have a pick line. So there's a, basically what a pick line is, is a semi-permanent IV that goes into my arm and to my heart. And every day I would have IV antibiotic infusions. So that was a daily process for almost two months. And then I was in a back brace and on bed rest. It was interesting because that was probably 
when I compare the recovery of that versus being hit by the snowmobile, this was, I feel like harder because I went from like being insanely healthy and running and everything to just completely halted. And I had to do this kind of recovery on my own, but not only that, I had signed up for another hundred mile race because I couldn't let it defeat me. And I needed to have some sort of purpose to push through this recovery and not just binge out watching TV and eating crappy food and stuff like that. So I signed up for this hundred mile race, despite all the doctors thinking that I was crazy and not going to be possible. Even like my friends who are ultra athletes, like going from no training to running a hundred miles in, I mean, I went from not no training. I went from below baseline being on bed rest. And so not only did I have to recover, I had to train and I had three months and two weeks ago, I actually finished. This last September is when all this happened? Yeah. Well, congratulations on doing that. Thank you. How is your body feeling? I ended up back in the doctor's office because I went into what's called rhabdo, where you push your body past its limitations and your muscles start breaking down and releasing proteins and your kidney can't filter those proteins. And so then it can lead to kidney failure and, and death. So it was like a very serious thing. I had to have IV flushes constantly that lasted for about a week. And, uh, but my body's recovering really well so far. There was no excuses. I, I had to finish it. So <laughs> I clearly pushed myself past my body's limitations, but I wanted to get it done. How old are you? 34 a few days ago. I understand that the snowmobile was like the catalyst for change. Yep. But did you do anything to help your mindset? Was there anything you listened to or anybody you talked to? Or was there something that if somebody out there is in the space you were, what can they do besides just having a snowmobile hit them? I think that's something interesting that I've talked about with other people who've had, you know, major impacts in life is like, how do you teach somebody to change their life without having to go through something like that. And it's hard because sometimes those things are really what it takes, those rock bottoms. But the action items that I did do was like, I learned to meditate. I went to therapy and all the things that you do here constantly, eating healthy, all of those things make such a massive, massive impact in your life. And I did, I started listening to positive podcasts and I even like stopped listening to music that I could tell was negative yeah. music. I think that's something that people don't even think about very often. And you hear the saying, you're the sum of the five people you're around the most. And I think that includes like the type of music you listen to. And so I would listen to, for a while, I listened to music that had no lyrics I didn't want to be influenced by how somebody else was feeling. And oftentimes when you're depressed, you resonate with other depressive music. So I think there is, mm. you have to just be very self-aware of, is this leading me to have negative thoughts? And I mean, that's the biggest thing is paying attention to what your thoughts are and then paying attention to the external things that are causing those thoughts to come up. Yeah. And trying to eliminate them as, as much as possible. Self-talk is really, really 
big. I don't drink at all. So, I mean, that's one major thing I would say if anybody is really struggling, like try reducing that just chemically. It's a depressant. And Did you drink and don't drink anymore or just not a drinker? I used to drink. Mm-hmm. I started around that same time. I just like knew that, you know, when I drank, I could just assess that my thoughts I was always depressed or something, but it was, it was like Russian roulette, essentially. Like you don't know. It's introducing another variable that can impact what is happening. You know, like it's one more thing that I can control that when something external happens in life that might lead you down, like you have a a bad day at work or something like that. Well, I want as many tools in my toolbox to help me deal with the things that are going to happen that I don't have control of. So that means removing all of the things that are going to lead to being more difficult in working and and, um, handling those situations. I do these 100 mile races and these challenges to build confidence, to build this kind of validation in myself. And here's an opportunity that life presented me. I mean, I almost look at it as an opportunity. Like I got to taste death and being able to come back from that and actually use that. That's to me an opportunity that gives me perspective on the rest of life. And I can either take it as why did life do this? And, or I can take it as I'm grateful for this opportunity to grow and, and to push through it. I'm not saying it didn't suck. It was terrible at times. And like, some of the worst pain and, you know, some severe depression. But as soon as I got diagnosed with that, I called my therapist and I started scheduling that. It was just like I was being proactive on how I can prevent a spiral and how I can really make sure that I was going to move through this in a positive way. What is your message? What do you hope people know about you, about life? What's your purpose? There's two ways that you can look at life and that's with no matter what you're going through, you can either find gratitude and transcend it, or you can kind of sit and dwell and let it beat you. My overall mission in life, my personal mission is to leave things better than I find them. And that kind of is just with people, with the earth, anything that comes into my life, my goal is to make sure that I have some sort of positive impact on it. And I think throughout my messaging, I want that to come across. You can't walk the journey for people, but I'm hoping that it inspires people to at least try or see it from a different perspective. And whatever story you want to make out of it, Mm -hmm. it's all perspective. When you really start analyzing everything in life, it's always going to be that dichotomy. There's going to be those two different perspectives and you choose, you get to choose which one you want to lean into. And that's what I hope people get out of everything that I'm doing. I really love that. I just listened to a podcast yesterday and this person was saying that their mother ruined their life because she was given away at two years old. And she was talking about how her biological mother ruined her life by giving her away. And as the podcast went on, she realized that her mother saved her life. The mom was in a, you know, an abusive relationship and she sent her to somewhere safe. And I just love that after 53 years, this woman could see it differently. And really, we do have the choice to look at life differently. 
whatever we go through. So I really do appreciate your perspective and your positive attitude. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beneath Your Beautiful, hosted by Hara Allison. And thank you for your ratings and reviews. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Stay tuned.